From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm legendarily cold anchorman Curtis. And here is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Great show for you today. Later on, we're going to be talking to the actor Richard E. Grant, recently nominated for an Oscar. But first, we are coming to you, as we normally do, from Chicago, where the weather has been somewhat brisk. (laughs) And a lot of businesses closed, and certain shows canceled performances, including Hamilton, that wuss. (laughs) But not us. Not us. Here we are. Because the show must go on. Because we really need about 500 people to huddle around us on stage to keep us warm. <laughs> we hope you have somebody to snuggle with, but reach out a hand and give us a call. The number is one triple eight. wait wait That's one 924 8924 Let's welcome our first listener contestant. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hi, this is Claire from New Orleans, Louisiana. Oh, Claire in New Orleans. Just tell me what the weather is like there, but speak slowly. <laughs> okay. I'm going to say it in the southern way, which I'm just going to complain about how it's a minor inconvenience that I have to wear a hoodie. <laughs> I really went from liking you to hating you so quickly. That's the southern way. I know, yeah. I guess, yeah passive aggressive. That's the culture. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Claire. Let me introduce you to our panel this week. First up, it's the co-host of the podcast, Nobody Listens to Paula Poundstone. It's Adam Felber. Hello, Claire. Hi. Next, it's a contributing writer to the New York Times and the author of Mave in America. It's Maeve Higgins. Hello. And finally, an author and humorist who jumped out of the Vermont ice tray into the Chicago freezer. It's Tom <laughs> Bodette. Hello, Claire. So, Claire, welcome to the show. Of course you're going to start us off with Who's Bill this time. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three carefully curated quotations from the week's news. Your job, simply explain or identify two of them. Do that, you'll win our prize, the voice of anyone you might like on our show on your voicemail. You ready to play? Yeah. Now, your first quote is from NBC News, and they are talking about the town of Hell, Michigan. Hell has frozen over. Hell froze over this week due to what? The polar vortex. The polar vortex, yes. (laughs) Temperatures reach 60 below in some places here in the Midwest. It is really cold here. Ask me how cold it is. How cold is it? It's so cold, Chicago Mayor Rahm Emanuel's remaining nine fingers snapped off. (laughs) It's so cold. How cold is it? It's so cold. that career-oriented women in Chicago were freezing their eggs on the sidewalk. (laughs) It's cold, is what I'm telling you. It's cold time. (laughs) How cold is it? I know you have more there. (laughs) Now, everybody's talking about the danger from frostbite. That's not the danger. The danger is the burns from everybody doing that, you know, viral throw boiling water in the air thing. (laughs) In Chicago, this is true. They set the train tracks on fire. They didn't need to. It's just something we like to do in Chicago. (laughs) Down in Indiana, the Noblesville Police Department announced that due to the cold, all crime, quote, will be prohibited until further notice. Wow. (laughs) 
<laughs> you know, it took a few thousand years of civilization, but we finally cracked that. Test. I know. Just tell them it's illegal. I know. Oh, I'm not supposed to do that? Well, put your hands back down, and here's your money. <laughs> right. You guys, you guys, of course, just showed up today to do the show, so it must have been a, a lovely shock for you. I wasn't, I, I wasn't really following the news for the last week, which I'm just now realizing was maybe not a good idea. <laughs> but it wasn't until I was sitting on the airplane and the pilot over the intercom was like, now we're, you're on the uh, flight blah blah to Chicago. I don't know why anyone would want to go there. <laughs> and like, everyone started laughing, but I was like, that's so rude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. think he was, now I understand, because when I got out, out of the airport, I was like, oh my God, oh, who's slapping me, who's slapping me? But it's the, it was just the weather. Yeah, I know, it's like, this uh, thing about your pilot is like, this is a terrible idea, why are we doing this? Is <laughs> not what you want to hear from your pilot. <laughs> no, I know, and everyone was laughing, and I was kind of looking around like, is this a prank show? But <laughs> it was, it wasn't, it was just, um, it was just a flight to Chicago. <laughs> Have you had your lips freeze to your upper teeth yet? No, this is my normal smile. Oh, oh wow. <laughs> It's an Irish thing. I have a very disappointed school teacher mouth, just a tiny, disappoint, tight lipped kind of a. Yeah, so that's nothing to do with the climate. No, or so. disappointment. <laughs> All right. Here is your next quote. If you vote for him, the machine reads his name back as Hobart Skulls. That was somebody on Twitter commenting on the former CEO of what company's just announced presidential run. Oh, Starbucks yeah. 2020, Howard Starbucks. Schultz. Yes, Howard Schultz, you know his name. That's great. <laughs> this week, former Starbucks CEO Howard Schultz appeared on every network, including NPR, to announce his third-party run for president in 2020. More people interviewed him on national TV about running for president than would ever vote for him for president. <laughs> But, you know, his pitch makes sense. He'll run the country the same way he ran his company. For example, he'll build another White House directly across the street from the perfectly fine White House we already have. I don't think he's being real about, like, what's good about Starbucks, which is he could just provides public toilets to everyone in America. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> which yeah. is such a great thing. He a should pot in every that. pot. He mm-hmm. should stress that. <laughs> well, never that and, and free Wi-Fi. He, yeah. should, he could run on that alone. Definitely. Wee wee and Wi-Fi 2020. Yeah. I mean, that should, he should try to make use of that association. <laughs> you know, yes, Howard Schultz, just like Starbucks bathrooms, you don't really enjoy it, but sometimes you just need them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's about the best slogan he could possibly have, because as you pointed out, his chances are not, shall we say, venti. No. <laughs> I, I, have, I have yet to meet a living, breathing human being who has said they would consider voting for him. Well, it's because I think we don't recognize him. Like, I didn't know that he was, like, the Starbucks guy, because yeah. when I think of Starbucks, I just think of that mermaid on their cup. Yeah. yeah. So if she was running... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> then I'd be interested. Mm-hmm. All right. Here, Claire, is your last quote. It's about an issue somewhat more close to home for many of us. I'm a broke college student, and my only source of entertainment is an account me and my mother share. That guy was commenting on a news article about what company that could start busting people for sharing passwords. Ooh, Netflix. Yes, Netflix, <laughs> I know. A chill ran through you, didn't it? A new software package was debuted at the recent Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and it basically rats out all the 35-year-olds who are still using their parents' Netflix passwords. (laughs) It does this, it's very clever, (laughs) by simply identifying all 35-year-old people who watch Netflix. (laughs) 
<laughs> Come on, Netflix. There are so few good things in life. Why do you want to take away our sponging? <laughs> Besides, young people really need Netflix. Try inviting some huddy over to PBS All Access and chill. <laughs> I love... <laughs> also, try introducing them as some hottie. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I, you know, when I log into wow. Netflix, the, all these things come up. So who's watching? And it says Tom or Rita, my, my wife, or the boys, you know? So I guess because we all live together, that's all legal, right? Yes. Yeah. You just have to be really careful if you are having an affair with someone and that's like your main lure to them, that don't put them on your, you know, if it's like Tom, Rita, Sabrina. Right, right. <laughs> There's another reason why they shouldn't do this to us. A lot of people, the only contact they have with their parents is when they call them up every six weeks because they forgot the password again. <laughs> Don't ruin our families, Netflix. Bill, how did Claire do in our quiz? Claire did great. She did them all right. Thank you. Claire, congratulations. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye. We want to remind everybody they can join us most weeks right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago, Illinois. For tickets and more information, go to wbez.org, or you can find a link at our website, waitwait.npr.org. Right now, panel, it is time for you to answer some questions about this week's news. Tom, Valentine's Day is coming up, and this time, we're going to have to get through it without what? Without, well, mm. um... Wow, that's candy. Flowers. It's we're going to have flowers. We're going to have candy. Um, oh, like we're the not going oh, oh, to have candy, but we're not going to have one particular kind of candy. <gasps> oh, no. Not the little message hearts. Yes. Oh, no. That's yes. The, no more little message that hearts. That is Valentine candy. All I that know. other stuff is just stuff. They're technically <laughs> called conversation hearts. You know them as the candy that does all the talking. From you rock to love bug to I bought your gift at a gas station. <laughs> Oh, God, I have a chip in my front tooth from right. one of those things. that I've had it for probably 30 years. Yeah. Well, your tooth I outlasted that I company. I think of them every day. Yeah. <laughs> the company that made them, Neko, went out of the business. The New England Confectionery Indeed. Company. Very good. Oh. And, and so basically they announced they were going out of business. That. And people freaked out. One woman, this is true, offered her car in exchange for a shipment of these candies. Come on, people. If you don't know the right words to express your feelings, just do what the rest of us do. Stare at your phone until they stop wondering about you and just stare at their own. <laughs> but, you know, I thought there was something up with those candies because the last few packets I got were like, help us. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> keep us in business. Bail us out. You are our only hope. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See, I didn't know that they were made by the same company. And I miss I miss Necco wafers. Yeah, too. Well, I like if you Necco. You what? I do. I like them. Those <laughs> things are not fit to use as poker I know chips. they've got rat hair in them. There's a lot of there's a lot that's not perfect about Necco wafers, but <laughs> but there's a lot that's but not I perfect like about us. And so it was a fitting right. candy. But uh, another company has said we've bought the contract, and next year we're going to start making them, and they're going to update the messages. Oh, don't do that. Yes, yeah, so no. The dopey messages are what makes them. What they no, are. You're going to get little messages like tweet me and slide into my DMs and. <laughs> yeah. Hello, hottie. Yeah. A heart with an eggplant on it. Swipe right. <laughs> Coming up, our panelists vie for first place in the Lying Fair in our Bluff the Listener game. 
Call one triple eight. Wait, wait to play. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor Capital One. With the new Capital One Saver card, you can earn 4% cash back on dining and entertainment. That means 4% on checking out that new restaurant everybody's talking about, and 4% on watching your team win at home. Now when you go out, you cash in. You'll also earn 2% cash back at grocery stores and 1% on all other purchases. What's in your wallet? I feel pretty. When do we feel pretty? pretty. Why do we feel pretty? And who gets to decide what pretty is? We'll answer our listeners' questions all about beauty this week on the Code Switch Podcast. From NPR and WBEZ (laughs) Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Adam Felber, Tom Bodet, and Maeve Higgins. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Sagal. Thank you, Bill. Thank you, everybody. Right now, it is time for the Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Bluff the Listener game. Call one triple eight. wait wait to play our game in the air. Hi, you're on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Hello, this is Emily from Norfolk, Virginia. Hey, how are things in Norfolk? Uh, 27 degrees, which is probably a lot warmer than what you guys have in Chicago. Seems balmy to me. (laughs) What do you do there? Uh, I work in assisted living for those with Alzheimer's and dementia as a care aide, and I'm finishing up studying to be an assisted living administrator. Well, bless your heart, and I mean that unironically. (laughs) Very nice to have you with us, Emily. You're going to play our game in which you must try to tell truth from fiction. Bill, what is Emily's topic? You blinded me with science. (laughs) As we all know, science fairs are a cutthroat competition in which future scientists vie to see whose parents can make the best science fair project for them. (laughs) This week, the nation turned its eyes to Lexington, Kentucky, where the Mill Creek Elementary School staged its annual fourth grade science fair. And that science fair had a surprising winner this year. Our panelists are each going to tell you who it was, but only one of them is telling the truth. Pick that right person, and you will win our prize, the voice of anyone you might choose on your voicemail. Ready to play? I am ready. All right, first let's hear from Adam Felber. The science fair at Mill Creek took a topical turn this week when the winner, 10-year-old Melissa Jeleno, unveiled her high-tech creation, an automated Twitter bot named Mean Girl. Melissa gave her hideous progeny a profile picture and a flimsy bio and turned her loose on Twitter. Mean Girl's programming was simple. She'd reply to a random person's tweet with one of 200 mean but vague responses like, That's so offensive, you suck. Or, Why are you so triggered, Snowflake? Or, LOL, you are so stupid. If Mean Girl got a response, she was programmed to reply back with another insult, sometimes quoting her new enemy and adding, Not, or, Nuh-uh, or, I am so totally reporting you, bye-bye. The goal was to see if any adults online would fall for her silly prank and get in a Twitter war with Mean Girl. As of last month, about 432,000 users have done just that. (laughs) In fact, Jelena was shocked to find that not only did adults respond to the childish bait, some of them were locked in virtual combat with Mean Girl for hours or days. (laughs) One woman, a lawyer from Tulsa, exchanged more than 350 bitchy barbs with Mean Girl, not even noticing when her foes started repeating her automated responses. The project captivated everyone at the fair, where Melissa set up a laptop so the kids could watch adults throwing Twitter tantrums at Mean Girl in real time. 
time. For her part, Melissa's less than overjoyed about the results. Quote, I learned a lot, she said, including a bunch of new words I'm probably not supposed to know. But as for her takeaway, quote, I used to worry about becoming a grown-up, she said, but now I know there's really no such thing. <laughs> Melissa's still not sure what she wants to do with her talents down the road, though she says, I'd like to meddle in at least one national election. <laughs> <laughs> Young Melissa programmed a Twitter bot that was able to lure hundreds of thousands of supposed grown-ups into angry conversations about nothing. Your next story of science versus comes from Maeve Higgins. Frank Miller, an 11-year-old scientist and student, took top prize at the Mill Creek Elementary Science Fair with his invention, flavored braces for teeth. His project, flavored braces, putting the mmm in metal mouth, <laughs> makes the sometimes painful, often uncomfortable rite of passage more appealing for kids. His catchphrase, nobody wants braces on teeth, everybody wants treats on teeth, might be clumsy, but he's a child, remember, and it works. <laughs> Using all natural essences and oils, he successfully developed a number of flavored beta braces, including bubblegum flavored train tracks and avocado flavored retainers. Frank himself played guinea pig. His own preference is a sophisticated combination of toffee and sea salt flavors. Responding to a question about his youth, the inventor had this to say, I guess I've always felt older than my age because my name is Frank, which is clearly not a child's name. <laughs> The road to the top prize was not easy. Problems included an unfortunate early experiment where his top teeth tasted like orange juice and his bottom teeth tasted like toothpaste. <laughs> Dr. Emmy Chalaby, a local orthodontist, was ambivalent. I'm happy about this latest wave of orthodontic enthusiasm, but I can't help feeling this could lead to more kids who don't need braces actually getting braces because they want the feeling of hot chocolate in their mouth all of the time. <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't? Frank's response, she's just jealous because she didn't think of it, adults really suck. Frank with the flavored glaces. Your last story of a nerd champion comes from Tom Bodet. Ten-year-old Ace Davis of Lexington won the fourth grade science fair with his ambitious entry, Is Tom Brady a Cheater? As Brady heads to his 67th Super Bowl, thinking he was finally in the clear on the whole deflate gate controversy, he is faced with damning scientific evidence assembled by the intrepid Ace Davis that he did, in fact, gain a distinct advantage by de-inflating his footballs during the 2014 season. Using randomly selected study subjects from his immediate family, Davis had them toss footballs filled with varying degrees of pressure to see which ones went the furthest. Why the NFL investigators didn't think of this is anyone's guess. <laughs> Test results proved incontrovertibly that low pressure in a football makes them fly further and are easier to catch. Having answered the question, is Tom Brady a cheater, Ace Davis now goes on to the Kentucky District Science Fair Finals while the disgraced Brady slinks off to Atlanta, Georgia, and no doubt, obscurity. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So one of these three bright kids in Kentucky won their fourth grade science fair with a project. Was it from Adam, little Melissa, who created the Mean Girl Twitter bot? From Maeve, Frank, who came up with the notion of flavored braces, or from Tom Bodet, the impish ace who set out to prove and did that Tom Brady was a cheater. So as much as I wish the first one were true, because I'd want to see how many times Donald Trump engaged with the mean girl bot. <laughs> <laughs> I do believe I saw this on my Facebook feed with the Tom Brady story. 
You're saying Facebook has foiled us again. You can't believe anything you see on Facebook. You know it's that. It's very right? true. <laughs> All right. It's fake news. You're going to go with Tom's story of the Tom Brady, is he a cheater project to bring you the correct answer. We were able to speak with the budding young genius. Tom yeah. Brady's a cheater. Doesn't take a scientist to know that. <laughs> That was Ace Davis, the winner of the Mill Creek Elementary School Science Fair, sharing with us his scientifically proven conclusion that Tom Brady cheats. I love it. Ace Davis. I'd like He's to got a future, this kid. Definitely. Congratulations. As is obvious, you got it right. Tom was telling the real story, so you won by picking him. That means uh, Tom wins the point, but more importantly, you win our prize, the voice of anyone you might choose. Awesome. Congratulations. Thank you so much. Thank you, and thank you for the good work you do. Thank you. Thank Aww. you. Aww. Bye Thanks, bye. Emily. <laughs> And now the game where a lifetime of success is met with a moment of confusion. It's called Not My Job. Richard E. Grant is one of those actors who's appeared in everything, from Game of Thrones to Gosford Park, but he's not really one of those character actors you see and say, that guy. He's the kind of character actor you see and say, that guy seems strangely awesome. This week he is center stage <laughs> celebrating his Oscar nomination for his role in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Richard E. Grant, welcome to Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. Thank you very much. I always, I always ask actors this, but usually I have a guess as to what the answer is. In your case, I do not know. Is, is there that canned applause? No, no, it's all <laughs> <laughs> I'll, okay. I'll, I'll prove it to you. Everybody applaud. Okay. <laughs> Everybody say hi, Richard. There you go. Hi, y'all. <laughs> oh, you've learned American. Very good. So as I was saying, I usually ask actors what role they're most recognized for. Usually I can guess. In your case, I can't. So is there a role? Is it With Nail and I, that great cult movie you did a long time ago? Is it some more recent stuff? It's, it falls into two distinct categories. It's either people old enough to have seen With Nail and I, you know, this cult movie from 1987, or it's that other great masterpiece, Spice World, the movie. There you are. <laughs> Do you know like what like a quintessential Richard E. Grant part is? Like somebody says, this is the perfect part for Richard E. Grant because it's a... Because the person is usually on the edge of a nervous breakdown or manic. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're, I would say that your characters all seem either happily or unhappily on the edge. Unhinged. Yes, that's the word I was looking for. Um, we also read that you yeah. enjoy smelling things. You're very I do. I make perfume. You do, yes. How do you go about making perfume? And if you're an actor, is this something you've studied? Well, in 1969, when I was 12 years old, the first American that I ever met called Betsy Clapp with a double P, and I fell madly in love with her. She was fast-talking, uh, gum-chewing. She taught me how to French kiss, and I don't know whether you know what that means. It's use of the tongue. Oh, yes. And, uh, <laughs> that, that has recently arrived here on these shores. So. <laughs> ah, good. And I, I tried to... Uh, I tried to make perfume for her out of gardenia and rose petals boiled up in sugar water, just turned it into stink bombs, and then finally, 40 years later, I professionally made it as an adult. So it's lime, marijuana, and mandarin are the signature notes of the uh, original scent. Wait a minute, uh, you, you just said marijuana? Yeah. So, and is this, does this perfume have a name? Is it like, you know, Passion by Richard E. Grant? What's it called? No, n no, you fool. It's <laughs> called Jack. It's called Jack. It's called Jack. It's unisex, and it comes in a, in a Union Jack bag inside a box, and you can buy it online here and in, in stores in New York and in L.A. Wow. And yep, it's very right. useful if, if, like, somebody catches you and you've been smoking weed all day. You can say, oh, no, 
you're catching a whiff of my lovely perfume from Richard E. Grant called Jack. Exactly. That's a great sales yeah. gimmick. Listen, you've given me the best sales pitch here that I'm, I could have dreamt of. Everything I could do. We read that you're so interested in scent, obviously you are, that you like smell everything you encounter. Like Yeah, you know, I don't understand why everybody doesn't. Who is your best smelling co-star? Ah, well... I don't want to offend anybody because everybody has their own distinct ones. But there are some that I never want to smell again, and I'm not going to tell you who they are. <laughs> right. I do want to ask you about, about your new film, which is, again, amazing. Can you ever forgive me? You play a real person who really lived and did some unpleasant things. He was, among other things, a bit of a liar and a cheat and a criminal. And did, yeah. that, did that appeal to you when you got the part, or you were like, okay, that's going to be a challenge? Uh, it did appeal to me because you understand through this, telling the story how he falls into this life of crime with Lee Israel. He's so brilliantly played by Melissa McCarthy. And Indeed. I think that, you know, once you understand why people do what they do, then compassion can flood in. So you understand people and you can feel sympathy for them. Right. D uh, the relationship between your two characters are extraordinarily central to the movie. And I always wonder if actors do this. Did you, like, spend time with Melissa McCarthy improvising, pretending to be the people so you could get to know each other? It was just go on the set and you were, you were friends or whatever you were. I met her on Friday in January, a year ago in Manhattan for two hours, and we had lunch, and then we started shooting on the Monday. And I knew within about four nanoseconds of meeting her that we would probably be friends for life because it felt like mm. lightning in a bottle. So it was, it was just luck as much as anything. And I'd imagine she smelled wonderful. She did, and she's having my triplets in August. Oh, that's great. <laughs> How wonderful for both of you. Uh, yeah. One last question before we get to the game. Let's assume that you win, but even if you don't, getting an Oscar nomination, or hopefully an Oscar, gives you more options in terms of what you want to do next. So you've been doing all kinds of different roles and all kinds of different projects. Is there a dream thing? If somebody says, Richard E. Grant, Oscar winner, what would you like to do next? And you would say... I want to host your show. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Peter. <laughs> well, Richard E. Grant, it is a delight to talk to you, as I think I've shown, but we have invited you here to play a game we're calling... Richard E. Grant, meet Ulysses S. Grant. <laughs> so, okay. you may or may not know, we here in the U.S. once had a president named Ulysses S. Grant. He'll probably be the star of a hip-hop musical any day now. We're going to ask you three questions about our president, Grant. Answer two correctly. You'll win our prize one of our listeners, the voice of their choice and their voicemail. Bill, who okay. is Richard Grant playing for? Chris Billig of Austin, Texas. All right, here we go. Grant's original name at birth was Hiram Ulysses Grant, but he eventually dropped the Hiram. Why? A, he disliked being made fun of for his initials, hug. B, he found out Hiram was the name of his father's favorite mule. Or C, Hiram Grant owed a lot of money to the local saloon, but nobody had ever heard of Ulysses Grant. C. No, it was A, he didn't like being called Hug. Apparently elementary school in the early 19th century was just as vicious as it is today. Next okay. question, one of Ulysses S. Grant's lesser known claims to fame as a U.S. president is that he had what? A, he had the first known pet fish in the White House named Euphyshes S. Grant. <laughs> <laughs> B, according to a historian of hairstyles, Grant had the, quote, hairiest cabinet in presidential history. <laughs> I've, never, I've never heard it described like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid that, like, hairy cabinet is a euphemism where you come from. It's not. Yeah. Or C, he wrote the song Hail to the Chief, which he originally titled Hail to the Me. <laughs> 
I think it has to be the hairy cabinet. Of no course matter you're what. right, yes. <laughs> Thank you. According to the book, 1,000 mustaches. Every man in Grant's cabinet had either a beard, a mustache, or exceptional ear hair. All right, last question. Uh, it is, as we all know, Ulysses S. Grant first rode to fame and national stature as a general in the Civil War. But that fate for him was somewhat surprising. Why? Was it A, he was so afraid of blood, he reportedly couldn't even look at a rare steak without freaking out. B, his high school voted him least likely to lead the Union Army to victory. <laughs> or, C, or C, he had a terrible allergy to heart attack. To what? Hard tack, which was the kind of biscuit that one might keep in a hairy cabinet. Yes. <laughs> I think it has to be number two. You think it's number B. Wait a minute. You think it, it was his high school? Yeah. <laughs> in like 1834, whatever it was he graduated, voted him least likely to lead the yeah. Union Army? Yes, definitely. You, you really? <laughs> If you want to go with that, I will respect that because I am a fan. So you just make up your mind. Okay, I'm going with that. You're going with that. <laughs> and, you're, and, 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 and as so many of your characters are, you're gloriously mistaken. The answer was, of course, A, he was so afraid of blood, apparently, that he couldn't even deal with a raw steak. It does make you wonder how, I guess that's why he wanted to win so bad, so it would be over. Bill, how did Richard Grant do in our quiz? You know, we're going to give it to him because he's starring with uh, one of our hometown stars, Melissa McCarthy, from Chicago. So congratulations. You are a winner, Richard. Thank you. Have I won like Donald Trump won? No, no, no. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, you won like Donald Trump. And in the analogy, Bill is Putin. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but he's president, and you're a winner, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> I hope it goes as well for you come Oscar night. Richard E. Grant has been nominated so justly for an Oscar for his performance in Can You Ever Forgive Me? Richard E. Grant, thank you so much for joining us on Wait, Wait, Don't Play. What a pleasure to finally talk to you. Thank you, Richard. Good luck. Bye-bye. A pleasure. Bye-bye. Just a minute, Bill turns heads when he walks our runway in the Listener Limerick Challenge. Call one wait wait to join us on the air. We'll be back in a minute with more of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from the NPR Wine Club. Discover hand-selected wines from award-winning vineyards around the world. Learn of the stories behind each one and enjoy unique bottles inspired by your favorite NPR shows, all without ever having to leave the house. The club's welcome offer includes a bottle of the delightful Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me Merlot. If you're 21 years or older, uncork the fun at nprwineclub.org. Every day on her way to and from work, Laura Bates, like millions of women around the world, suffered indignities, big and small. It just made me sit down and, and ask myself, why is this normal? She launched a website called Everyday Sexism, and thousands of women, and even some men, started to share their stories too. Ideas around gender and power on the TED Radio Hour from NPR.
From NPR and WBEZ Chicago, this is Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me, the NPR News Quiz. I'm Bill Curtis. We are playing this week with Tom Bodette, Maeve Higgins, and Adam Felber. And here again is your host at the Chase Bank Auditorium in downtown Chicago, Peter Segal. Thank you, Bill. In just a minute, Bill is inspired by his favorite 13th century Sufi mystic, Rhymey. <laughs> That's our listener limerick challenge. If you'd like to play, give us a call at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four. Right now, panel, some more questions for you from the rest of the week's news. Maeve, this week a student in France found out his parents were planning to fly in for a visit. He wasn't up for all their drama. We can relate. So he did what anyone would do in his situation. What did he do? He is French. He is French, but that's not relevant. Oh. <laughs> Not, it's not a cheese or ennui-related answer. You know, berets um, involved or baguettes. Or did he turn the plane around or he something? He did, but how did he do that? Well, in the movie Superman, <laughs> Lois, <laughs> at one point, he, he like pulls the world back on its axis. Yes. When Lois Lane dies. I remember that. Right. So something like that. I don't know the <laughs> physics. <laughs> I don't know the mechanics. You're saying... That in order that to keep his parents from visiting him <laughs> yeah, at school, he, he messed reversed with time. the polarity of time. Yeah. Like I said, I haven't been following the news this I week. I understand. But <laughs> did any, any of you guys know? I guess he called in a bomb threat That's or something. That's what he did. <laughs> he said it was on their plane or he said it was in the airport? He said it was on their plane. So they had to turn the plane around and fly back. Oh, my God. See, we all know how stressful it is to have your parents visit. You have to <laughs> clean out your fridge. You have to wash <laughs> the dishes. You have to figure out how to get sheets off a of bed so you can wash them. <laughs> you have to explain how long <laughs> you've been using their Netflix. Exactly. In French, which it's you don't even worst. speak. <laughs> and now his parents will visit him in prison. Exactly. Where he he yes. can't leave or <laughs> yeah. hide. Adam, CNN Business reports that employees across the country are experiencing extreme stress over what part of office life? Casual Friday. Exactly right. Casual mm. Friday. All right. They're stressed out by business <laughs> casual. As more and more offices relax their dress codes, employees don't know how to dress. When it was just wear a suit and tie, that's pretty obvious. But when your employee handbook says, use your best judgment, or dress appropriately, or you do you, queen. <laughs> what does that mean? What's too casual? What's too formal? When in doubt, just cover all the bases and wear a tuxedo on top and pajamas on the bottom. <laughs> but I think, you know how the thing is like you should wear the same thing every day like Steve Jobs? Yeah. Maybe they should do that. You just wear the same thing every day. Yeah. 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 There's so don't nothing worry creepy about, about a uniform that you wear every day to work. <laughs> no. Like all the other workers. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like just like um, you could wear a cop uniform one day. You could wear a nurse uniform one day. <laughs> Basically, you're suggesting that employees are treated like the village people. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Coming up, it's lightning fill in the blank, but first it's the game where you have to listen for the rhyme. If you'd like to play on air, call to leave a message at one triple eight wait wait. That's one eight 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 nine two four eight nine two four, or click the contact us link on our website waitwait.npr.org. There you can find out about attending our weekly live shows right here at the Chase Bank Auditorium in Chicago. And if you're tired of our panelists getting questions wrong, and you think you can do better, test out your smarts anytime with our new smart speaker quiz. Just ask your Alexa or Google Home to open the Wait Wait Quiz. Say, open the Wait Wait Quiz and give yourself the sense of superiority you know you deserve. <laughs> you might even win a prize. Hi, you're on Wait Wait, Don't Tell Me. 
Hi. Hi, who's this? This is Colleen from Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, how are things in Nashville? They are wonderful. I believe Cher's in town tonight. Cher's in <gasps> town. That's exciting. Do you know that out of all the human beings who've ever lived, she is the only one who's actually immortal? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what, do you, what do you do there in Nashville? I'm a dentist. You're a dentist? Do you I get the, am. Do, do, you, do you work with like the... Because I know Nashville is filled with aspiring music stars. So do these guys come in and say, I need a perfect smile for when I'm on the Grand Ole Opry or I'm doing my music videos or whatever it may be? Absolutely. We do, every, we do a little a bit of everything with Keith. So I mean, someday, though, you'll be watching that at the Country Music Awards and go, that's my bicuspid. That's right. <laughs> well, welcome to the show, Colleen. You know what we're going to do at this point in the show. Bill Curtis is going to read for you three news-related limericks with a last word or phrase missing from each. If you can fill in that last word or phrase correctly in two of the limericks, you will be a winner. You ready to play? Yeah. All right. Here's your first limerick. At awards shows, I flaunt my big starness. My accessories vest-like and armless. It's a leather restraint that's both flashy and quaint. Like a horse, I am wearing a... Harness. Yeah. Yes, a harness. Yes. Very good. <laughs> Red carpets are always a buzz over who's wearing what, and now it's who's wearing a what now? <laughs> this year's hot item for the men is the decorative male harness. If you don't My know fiance was wearing that at the really? Michael B. Jordan. Yeah. Oh, he's your fiance. He is. Oh, I didn't know. He Oops, I wasn't supposed to say. Yeah. <laughs> but he was wearing a harness that I that I got him for. Um, so you're saying that you're engaged, and that whole restraining order thing was just a dodge. <laughs> Yeah, that was a mix-up. It was a restraining garment, which was the harness. Yes. Right. So it was so silly what happened. For but those we're, mix up. we're doing well. For those who have not seen Maeve's fiancé, Michael B. Jordan, he wore it at an award show. It sort of looks like, like the straps for a backpack, but there isn't any backpack. It's kind of like, it's like a cloth brace. It's scoliosis chic. Now, if you don't know what this looks like, Go ahead and Google male in harness. Or don't. But, yeah, don't do it at work. And don't do it at home. Yeah, just don't, don't do, do it. it. <laughs> but as you say, Michael B. Jordan was the latest to wear this rock this look. Uh, he had a floral Louis Vuitton harness. It was either that or it was the thing that his mom used to use to carry him around at the mall. <laughs> you know, his baby Bjorden. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here is your next limerick. Our condiments' ratings will ratch up. With burgers or fries, it's still matched up. Red pearls in a jar like a sauce caviar. We're getting some real fancy... Ketchup. Yes, yes. ketchup. Very good. <laughs> if you're someone who thinks of ketchup as being too easy to eat or not gelatinous enough. Well, try new <laughs> Heinz Ketchup Caviar. As the name implies, Ketchup Caviar are the eggs that come from the rare ketchup sturgeon. <laughs> no, they're actually just weird, little weird ketchup-filled sort of BBs. Globules. Globules, yeah. Oh. Like little gel caps. And Psy if you offer... Psychemoglobin. Yes. When you offer your dinner guests ketchup caviar, they'll know they're dining in a very classy home or that they're about to play their tastiest game of paintball ever. But also, isn't it like that, that, that top 
of ketchup that nobody wants, like that film that grows yeah, over the ketchup scrape away. that you usually don't want. Well, right. It's the best part. Oh. Unless it's the very last bit of ketchup in the house. And then, and you then you'll take kinda it. Kind of chip it off. <laughs> Do they at least spell caviar with the K? I hope so. <laughs> All right. Meanwhile, <laughs> back with Colleen, here is your final limerick. This car rental gives me a leery feel. Having wet wipes close is an endearing deal. Hands at ten and at two makes a nasty germ stew. Yes, a car's really gross at the... Driving wheel? Steering wheel. Steering wheel, yes. Steering wheel. It turns out that steering wheels, your friendly steering wheel in your own car, are four times dirtier than public toilet seats, which means it's time to remind everyone out there to always lift the seat when driving. People spend lots of time in their cars, <laughs> even sleeping and eating them, but 32% of those surveyed admit they rarely clean it. While 100% of those people admit that by rarely, they mean never. <laughs> we, we humans are such primitives that yeah. like every year, a scientist releases a study that points out that something that people touch all the time is really dirty, and we're yeah. all like, whoa, I never would have suspected that. <laughs> and of course, you're right, Adam. Your steering wheel is not the only thing about driving that's filthy. How about gas pump handles? 12,000 times the germ load of a public toilet. That's why wow. I always light a match when I'm near them because I'm cleanse. Bill, how did Colleen do in our quiz? Colleen just did very, very well. We call it 3-0. and oh. Congratulations, oh. Colleen. <laughs> and they were hard, too. Thank you so much for playing, Colleen. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Zip Recruiter, the smartest way to hire. Zip Recruiter's powerful matching technology finds the right people for you, so you aren't overwhelmed with tons of resumes. Plus, Zip Recruiter actively invites the top candidates to apply. That's why Zip Recruiter is rated number one by employers in the U.S. based on hiring sites on Trustpilot with over 1,000 reviews. Try it for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com wait. Support for NPR comes from Newman's Own Foundation, working to nourish the common good by donating all profits from Newman's Own food products to charitable organizations that seek to make the world a better place. More information is available at newmansownfoundation.org. Now on to our final game, Lightning Fill-in-the-Blank. Each of our players will have 60 seconds in which to answer as many fill-in-the-blank questions as he or she can. Each correct answer is now worth two points. Bill, can you give us the scores? Maeve has three. Yes. Tom has four. Oh. Adam has five. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All right. Well, we have a clear order here. Maeve, you're in third place for the moment. You're going to be up first. Fill-in-the-blank. On Wednesday, President Trump called his intelligence chiefs naive after they contradicted him on the dangers of blank. Oh, fast food. <laughs> No, you really was, didn't watch the news was, this It was week. Iran <laughs> in this case. According to Iran. A, according to the... <laughs> do I get no, points have, for correct it, pronunciation? Technically, it's how we do it over here. You have to say it before I do. <laughs> <laughs> this week, special counsel Robert Mueller said that hackers from blank stole sensitive files Iran. in an effort to decredit <laughs> the investigation. No, it was Russia in this case. On, oh, on it's Wednesday. always one of those two. <laughs> right. You know, shutting down the government and everything. On Wednesday, Foxconn significantly scaled back their plans to hire 13,000 factory workers in blank. Hint? 
No. Uh, Airport? No. In Wisconsin. Uh This week, the United Arab Emirates Gender Equality Awards were won by blank. Aman. Oh, yes. Multiple men. Multiple awards, all of them won by men. Following criticism, social media giant blank shut down a particular app that paid teens 20 bucks a month and provided nearly limitless access to their data. TikTok? No, we're looking for Facebook. According to a new report released Thursday, nearly half of all adults in the U.S. have some form of blank disease. Brain? No. Ha. Though it seems that way. It's cardiovascular. Oh, no. A three-year-old who was lost in the woods for two days told his mom he survived because he was taken care of by a blank. His dad? No, by a... (laughs) The answer is by a bear. Every parent's sincerest hope when their child goes missing in the woods is, please let there be a bear nearby. (laughs) Nobody saw the bear, but the three-year-old told rescue workers that a bear hung out with him in the woods and kept him safe. Well, that sounds airtight. It does. (laughs) Everyone was astonished to hear this, especially the bear, who said this is the last time he waits until his wife gets home to eat dinner. (laughs) Bill, how did Maeve do? They've got one right for two more points, and that's a total of five, which means you're tied for first place with Adam. (laughs) Who's up next? Tom's up next. Fill in the blank. On Wednesday, lawmakers had their first meeting since reopening the government to discuss a blank deal. Um, A uh, funding deal, government budget. About what? The wall deal. Yes, border security. Part of a bigger On Monday, the Justice Department unveiled charges against the Chinese telecom giant blank. Uh, Huawei? Yeah, Huawei. Very good. On Wednesday, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell railed against a bill that would make blank a holiday. Oh, election day. Yes. After getting a tattoo that says seven rings in Japanese, singer Ariana Grande discovered her tattoo actually said blank. Uh, smell my neck. No, it said Japanese barbecue. (laughs) After finding out that her tattoo said Japanese barbecue and not seven rings, Ariana Grande got it fixed, and now it says blank. Um, (laughs) uh, Japanese sushi. No, it says Japanese BBQ finger heart. A boy in Colorado having trouble with his math homework ended up finding the answers to his questions by blanking. Um, finding the answers, oh, I know, he studied. No! <laughs> I thought you were a father of children. No. I know, sometimes they do no, that. No, he, he got the answers to his questions by calling 911. <laughs> Did he get them? Well, when the operator answered, the boy said, Hi, this isn't an emergency, but I'm 10 years old and I'm working on my math homework right now, and I can't figure out what 71 divided by 3... 3,052 is. Though the kid said it wasn't an emergency, the operator, you know, still sent police, fire, and an ambulance to the boy's house in the hopes that at least one of those adults still remembered how to do division. (laughs) (laughs) Bill, how did Tom do in our quiz? Tom was rocketing right up there. He got three right. Six more points. Total of ten puts him in the lead. Congratulations, Tom. (laughs) Only three? All right. How many many does Adam need to win? (laughs) Three to win. All right, here we go, Adam. Okay. (laughs) On Tuesday, longtime Trump advisor Blank pled not guilty to allegations that he lied to investigators. Roger Stone. Right. On Wednesday, the president of Blank warned that a U.S. invasion to remove him from power would lead to a war worse than Vietnam. Venezuela. Right. This week, the Federal Reserve decided to leave Blanks unchanged. Interest rates. Right. On Tuesday, the Senate Judiciary Committee postponed the confirmation vote for William Barr, Trump's pick for Blank. Attorney General. Right. Washington State remained under a state of emergency this week as Blank cases continued to be reported. 
Measles. Right. On Tuesday, pharmaceutical executive John Kapoor became the first CEO to face prosecution for his role in the blank crisis. Opioid. Right. After icy road conditions caused a 40-car pileup outside of Montreal, Canadian motorists stuck in an hour-long traffic jam blanked. Played hockey. Yes, they did. <laughs> <laughs> Look at the big brain on Adam. <laughs> I got the easy ones. <laughs> Both ends of the highway had been blocked off, so drivers knew they'd be stuck there a while. And because they were Canadian, they also knew they'd have plenty of hockey gear to go around. So they opened up their trunk, <laughs> pulled out all their sticks and pads, and, and started the pickup game right there on the road. It's so sweet and whimsical and Canadian. In America, of course, once people realized they weren't going anywhere for a while, they'd all laugh, open up their trunks, and pull out their guns. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, did Adam do well enough to win? Guess who won yeah, this well, week? Yeah, well, you saw that coming. Well, seven out of eight, you were so close to perfect. Fourteen more points, you have a total of 19, <gasps> just for the record in the big game in the sky. You're the winner. Yeah, thank you. You bet. In just a minute, we're going to ask our panelists to predict, what are we going to find under all this ice when it finally melts? A very special thanks once again to Farmhouse Tavern for bringing hot food on this very cold day. Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me is a production of NPR and WBEZ Chicago in association with the Urgent Haircut Productions. Doug Berman, Benevolent Overlord. Philip Godega writes our limericks. Our public address announcer is Paul Friedman. Our house manager is Tyler Green, assisted by Simon Tran and Mary Dolia. Our interns are Rachel Klepper and Alex McCohen. Our web guru is Beth Novi. BJ Liederman composed our theme. Our program is produced by Jennifer Mills, Miles Dornboss, and Lillian King. Peter Gwynn is our Gwyndomitable snowman. Technical <laughs> direction is Melorna White. Our business and ops manager is Colin Miller. Our production coordinator is Robert Newhouse. Our senior producer is Ian Chillag. And the executive producer, wait, wait, don't tell me, is Mike Danforth. Okay, panel, the earth is now frozen solid. What will we find when it all melts? Tom Bodet. If my 20-some years in Alaska taught me nothing else, it taught me this. It's dog poop. Lots <laughs> and lots of dog poop. Maeve Higgins. I think we'll find enough germs and viruses to even make the anti-vaxxers see sense. And Adam Felber. Tragically, the one guy who is going to vote for Howard Schultz. No, he's stuck. Well, if we find any of that, we're going to ask you about it on Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. <laughs> Thank you, Bill Curtis. Thanks also to Tom Bodet, Maeve Higgins, and Adam Felber. Thanks to all of you for listening. I'm Peter Sagal. We'll see you next week. This is NPR.